Hi there, my name is Tim Manson and welcome to Geopod. In this first episode, we're going to be taking a look at some of the big news stories around the world that have kicked off 2019. The first story we're going to take a look at is the eruption and the tsunami that was caused in 20, on the 22nd of December last year by the eruption at Anak Krakatoa. The second story we're going to take a look at is some reports of UK weather at the minute where there's some reports of a sudden stratospheric warming that's taking place. A massive eruption took place um, which was linked to the Sondra Strait tsunami. The current death toll is 437 people and 14,059 uh, people were said to have been injured as a response to this particular eruption and tsunami. This was the eruption of Anak Krakatoa. The tsunami caused an undersea landslide um, which happened whenever the southwest flank of the volcano, including the summit, collapsed and then triggered this tsunami. The volcano has lost two-thirds of its height and its volume and it's been reduced to 110 metres tall where it had previously been 189 metres. It's not the first eruption that's actually happened um, in this particular area. There have been previous eruptions of Anna Krakatoa in 2017 and more recently in June 2018. But certainly this was one of the biggest eruptions and, and caused more devastation to the particular volcano than at any other point in time. The eruption itself was actually predicted by the volcanologist Dr. Thomas Giacchetti from the University of Oregon in January 2012. He wrote that a tsunami could be caused by a flank collapse as it's been left uh, built up on the edge of a big caldera um, that was left as a result of the 1883 eruption at Krakatoa. And I suppose we should delve into that eruption of Krakatoa in 1883 a little bit more as well as it is so important to this particular story. The actual volcano of Krakatoa is found in the Sunda Strait in between the islands of Java and Sumatra in Indonesia. It is a well-known volcanic area as part of the Ring of Fire uh, on the edge of the Philippine and the Pacific plate boundaries. Way back on the 26th of August 1883, a huge eruption caused the volcano to blow itself up and sent massive tsunami raging across um, across the world really, killing over 36,000 people, though some people estimate this actually as high as 120,000 people. Krakatoa erupted without much warning at 3.34pm on the 26th of August as a major explosion shook the mountain and caused the clouds to reach up into the atmosphere, causing a huge planian eruption. Large pieces of pumice and volcanic bomb began to fall and later pyroclastic flow uh, rushed down the mountainside and straight into the ocean. The captain of a passing ship was actually said to have quoted the following, said, chains of fire appeared to ascend and descend between it and the sky while in the southwest end there seemed to be a continual roll of balls of white fire. The sky was covered by the thick black clouds. Daybreak was barely visible the next day. At 10.02am on the 27th of August, 
a final massive eruption was heard over 4,700 kilometres away in Sri Lanka. Most of the people who died as a result of this eruption were actually impacted by water, not by fire. Many tsunamis swept quickly across the ocean, sometimes at heights of over 40 metres. On the nearby island of Sibizi, which is 15 kilometres north, every one of the 3,000 residents were drowned. One survivor in Java wrote the following. Um, this caused a great block and many of them got wedged together and could not move. They then struggled and fought, screaming and crying out all the time. Those below tried to make those above them move on again by biting their heels. A great struggle took place for a few moments, but one after another they were washed down and carried far away by the rushing waters. You can see the marks on the hillside where that fight for life took place. So Krakatoa erupted for another 100 days before eventually sinking into the ocean. Obviously, the eruption of Anak Krakatoa has been much less compared to its big brother. Um, Anak Krakatoa actually sits in the middle of the caldera. It's what was left. Uh, and it's actually called the child of Krakatoa and it formed in the place of where this bigger volcano had once been. 2018 was a very odd year for weather across the UK. We experienced one of the hottest, driest summers on record. Uh, many of us experiencing temperatures and uh, heat waves in ways that we've never experienced before. The summer was dry, the summer was lovely and warm, and it meant that many people didn't even need to go abroad for the holidays to be able to experience a very good, hot summer. But we've also experienced a really, really mild winter as well. The temperatures have seldom actually gone below zero. There's been very few frost mornings. Uh, there's been very little snow, very little ice so far this year. Which means, as usual, that people are predicting some really, really bad weather as we move into January and into the new year. In fact, I remember reading a headline on the Daily Mail way back in September of 2018 that predicted that Britain could be set for four months of snow in the coldest winter for decades um, following the recent uh, record-breaking summer heatwave. But yet... None of that has actually come to fruition yet. The four months from the Daily Mail in September have nearly passed, but yet we still have not experienced very much of this cold snap that they were predicting. That means that there has been recently some interest then in the story about the uh, sudden global stratospheric warming which has been taking place. And this sudden stratospheric warming has been across all the different news outlets on the BBC weather, Met Office and things like that as well. So let's see if I can delve into a little bit to see what exactly this sudden stratospheric warming actually is and how does it actually work. Just as global warming can actually cause cooling, which some people find hard to actually get their head around, weirdly a sudden stratospheric warming actually will allow cold air 
to rush in and take the place of the warm air that usually will be moving across the Atlantic as part of the jet stream. Anybody who studied aerial geography will know all about the general circulation of the atmosphere and how wind and pressure belts are all used to redistribute the heat and the energy from the poles um, and around the place. The polar self itself usually moves air from the North Pole high to the low at about 60 degrees north of the equator as the polar easterlies bring cold air in at ground level. But really it's what goes on higher up in the stratosphere that really is the thing that concerns us the most. In the stratosphere the cold air spins high above the Arctic and as the air starts to slow down as we move into the new year the air will move downwards and start to sink down into the lower atmosphere. Our jet stream will usually move this uh, direction from the United States from a, a westerly to an easterly movement across to the UK and this does usually bring slightly warmer air as it moves across from the south and it brings wetter air as it moves across the ocean towards us. Whenever there's a sudden stratospheric warming, what happens is that it can actually reverse the jet stream. So the jet stream will actually go in a different direction and it'll actually go from the west, sorry, from the east to the west and move back towards America. As it does this, it will also then try to suck air from the, the cold polar continental air that sits over Russia, Scandinavia. This cold air then rushes across, mixes with the wetter sea uh, coastal air as well, and can cause snow. So there is some people who do reckon that in the next two weeks or so, sort of mid-January, we should experience this much colder uh, blast of air moving across from the continent of Europe, bringing with it some snow. Whether this just affects England and Scotland, or whether it actually moves the whole way across to Northern Ireland on the other side of the British Isles is still to be seen. But certainly at the minute, there's a big blocking anti-cyclone parked up above the top of the UK. And that means that we've got mild settled weather and probably will have for the next couple of days. Then it's, things are going to start getting a little bit more interesting as we see whether this sudden stratospheric warming is actually going to take place and cause this bad weather that was being long predicted. That's the end of this first podcast. Um, hopefully we'll do this again soon and talk about some of the most recent stories to do with geography around the world on our news. That's it for now. Goodbye. <laughs>